Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill Smith, and this is a podcast about all of the dumb things that people will do for love. Welcome to episode 35. What a week we had. Yeah, it is. Time just goes by. <laughs> Jen, are you saying that because we just recorded our last episode yes, two seconds we're ago? we're recording back to back this week. <laughs> but you know what this week is? It's our special Valentine's Day episode. Yay! Valentine's Day is this Friday. Oh yeah, so it ha- is. Happy almost Valentine's Day. Happy almost Valentine's Day to you. Yeah. What was your best Valentine's Day? Ah. <sighs> I don't know. We don't ever celebrate Valentine's Day, and I've been with Ben for so long that I don't really really remember. Do you guys celebrate? Do you do you celebrate? We do. You know, we're not like that crazy about it, but yeah, we'll do a little something. But I was thinking about this the other day. My favorite Valentine's Day was actually it had nothing to do with being in a relationship. Was years ago when I was young and single. Another lifetime. Um, (laughs) My group of friends, none of us were dating anybody. We were all single. So we did this thing where we had an equal number of guys in our group of friends as girls. Yeah. So what we did was we made all the girls draw a name out of a hat. And to make out with that guy? Yeah. <laughs> no, and you and then you picked who your date was gonna be. So the guys had no idea who was coming to pick them up that night. Oh, that's fun. But then we had no idea what the date was gonna be. So it was really fun. Oh I ended so up fun. Yeah, I ended up the first guy I picked was a guy that I actually kinda had a thing for. Yeah. And I was like, oh no. And then he ended up canceling and I was like, fuck you. <laughs> so but and then I ended up redrawing and I picked my best friend John and that was so much better because yeah. that guy ended up being not that great. But I got my friend John who he was like the best man in my wedding. Yeah. Uh, or my man, man of honor. Your man of honor. My man of honor. But um so I picked him and I remember I wore a shirt that said Johnny's bitch on it. <laughs> And uh, and then we went to, I think we went to Fellini's, but like people went to like fun, we had fun, but people went to fun stuff. Like some people went to Captain D's, some people went to Ryan's <laughs> Steakhouse. But then at the end of the night, we all met up and yeah. had one big party. That's so fun. So fun. I highly recommend if you guys, you know, don't like Valentine's Day or want to do something fun with just your friends. Yeah. I would recommend that we had a blast. Can I tell you, I know that you're thinking of it, my favorite Valentine's This is so cheesy. Yeah. But so Max was born on February 11th. And <gasps> oh, so yeah, we were still in the hospital for his, for Valentine's Day the first oh, year. Sweet. And um, I mean, it was kind of a bummer because he had, um, oh, yeah. What I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's where. I mean, They're he, a little yellow for a couple days. So he had to stay there under the lights, but they had discharged me. And so they were like, okay, go home. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is my newborn child who is like naked under these lights. He's so tiny. And you're going to tell me to go home? Yeah. (laughs) And uh, and so I was like, no, I'm not leaving this hospital. And they were like, well, there's like a nursing room. You could maybe, there's chairs in there you could sit in if you want to stay overnight. So Ben and I ordered a big pizza on Valentine's Day. And then we just sat in these chairs and... Like slept overnight and waited for him to be oh, for discharged. Your baby. Yeah, oh, I love that. That's so sweet. So that's a good Valentine's that's Day. That's a great Valentine's Day. And what then we got parents. to take him home. Yay! Yeah, and he was like the teeniest, tiniest little thing. I oh, love it. I know. Uh, um, should we do our quickies? 
Yeah. More Valentine's Day love? More Valentine's Day love. So I have I have two quickies that are Valentine's Day themed. Okay. Now, I could go either way. This is a choose-your-own-adventure quickie. I love it. Um, so do you want something that's like silly and funny and dumb and we can giggle? Or do you want something that's super fucked? <laughs> I want something super fucked. Okay, this store is crazy. I mean, it's kind of a lot for a quickie, but it's. I just happened. I thought I had the story I was going to do, but then I happened upon this story last night. So this article um, is for People Magazine, and it was written by Claudia Harmada on valentine's day of last year a 55 year old man confessed to killing his daughter's boyfriend before he allegedly married her himself what yes okay authorities obtained a letter from larry paul mcclure senior who's actually a registered sex offender he has two children two daughters and where he confessed to murdering 38 year old john thomas mcguire on valentine's day of this past year in sky gusty West Virginia. His two daughters, Amanda Michelle Naylor McClure, who's 31, and 32-year-old Anna Marie Chowdhury were also charged with first-degree murder in connection to McGuire's death. What? Um, Amanda had been dating McGuire at the time of his death, um, and apparently they played a role in the murder as well. What happened was on... February 14th, they invited Mr. John McGuire over, struck him in the head with a wine bottle, then tied him up, and then injected two vials of methamphetamine, which is long for meth. That's, that's that some West meth. Virginia shit. Yes, it is West Virginia shit. And then after the injection, they strangled him. <gasps> yeah. And so they, his body was discovered um, in a shallow grave, um, but it wasn't... It says McGuire's body was discovered by authorities on September 24th in a shallow grave at a residence in Sky Gusty. So he was missing Aww. for all that time. And so apparently Larry and his daughter, daughter Amanda were involved in an incestuous relationship as well. They After the murder, they drove to neighboring Virginia... Uh, just regular old Virginia, uh, <laughs> three and a half weeks after the murder and in- obtained a marriage license. And she put a different name as yeah. a father on the marriage certificate because it, it's illegal in Virginia to marry your daughter. But they um, illegally got married. Emily Miller, a McCowell County prosecuting attorney, told WVNS that they have held three preliminary hearings for all three defendants and that they're now waiting for the grand jury presentment. Dang, that is I told you it was fun. Man, I'm kind of regretting my decision. I know. The other one was so happy. See, you know what? (laughs) This is the problem. This is like when you're ordering food. I'm like, I know I like the happy thing, but I was like, I can't not see what the fucked thing is. You are a bad quickie orderer. (sighs) Crazy. But that is a crazy story. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to hear my quickie? Yeah. Which is way, way less fucked. This is from a CBS News article by a woman named Sophie Lewis. Um, but I actually was going to ask you if you've ever received like a truly great Valentine's Day gift. So on that friend Valentine's Day party, John gave me a t-shirt with his face on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's that was awesome. a pretty great. I think when my very first Valentine's Day, Ben gave me three bottles of liquor, and it was just nice. like, like to make blind Russians. Have you ever made those blind Russians? Yeah, so no. it's Kahlua, vodka, and Bailey's. Dang, and it tastes like a mudslide, but it's all alcohol. Mudslide. That's such a mom drink. Yeah, <laughs> but that was like I think the last time we like celebrated Valentine's Day, and like. I think it's a kind of counterintuitive since, like, I, you know, I love love. I love love, but like, I'm not into Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah. Right? But I mean, I feel like you and Ben, I feel like you guys are like, have such a great, wonderful, loving relationship that I'm actually not surprised that you don't like Valentine's Day. Yeah. Cause I feel like you guys are just like authentic in that way. That we where love. You don't, you love for the right reasons, not because <laughs> fucking Hallmark tells you to. Yeah, fucking Hallmark. Fuck you. No, it actually, I just think it's like, <laughs> it puts like a, start like I I love love I want to celebrate love but mm. I just like fact that like it's a day of okay if you're not in love then you can't celebrate this day it's right. like you don't get it makes people feel bad and I don't like people feel bad anyway so with all that to say I don't usually do Valentine's Day gifts but I think that the El Paso Zoo has actually come up with something that's pretty great for Valentine's Day and it's something you can give yourself which is great for Valentine's Day the zoo will name a cockroach after your ex and feed it to a meerkat live on camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's such a good gift for so many people I can think of right I now. Know. So all you have to do is send a message to the El Paso Zoo on Facebook with your ex's name, and then it will feed it to the meerkat uh, during a live stream of its Quit Bugging Me event on oh February 14th. God. And the zoo will display the names of the exes all around the meerkat exhibit and on social media starting on February 11th. So the El Paso Zoo. I hope I get one. I hope that there's <laughs> someone out there that hates me that enough. Is like that like Smith. still like gives a shit. And you could be named a cockroach. I don't think I have any exes that care. I know. I'm like <laughs> they've all forgotten about me for sure. After 17 <laughs> years, like, you don't really hang on to that. Riddance. So the El Paso Zoo event coordinator told CBS News, the meerkats love to get cockroaches as a snack, and what better way to celebrate Valentine's Day than by feeding them a cockroach named after your ex? And the El Paso Zoo actually isn't the only one who offers this, so the Hemsley Conservation Center in Kent, England, will name a cockroach after your ex in exchange for a donation. And you can also name a roach um, at the Bronx Zoo, which calls them eternal and timeless gifts. You know, you could also just name roaches in your basement. You just pick one out and be like, yeah, but you don't get to Billy. feed them to a meerkat. <laughs> you can feed them to the rats living in your basement. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any exes I've been married too long, but um, I can think of plenty of bookers that I might want to name. Ooh, scandals, Sally. So anyway, so hit up hit up the El Paso Zoo. Nice. <laughs> Are you ready for my crazy story? I'm so ready for your crazy story. Okay. Is it gonna be? It's actually more not Valentine's Day less themed. Horrifying. It's pretty quirky. bad, but it's not as like what the fuck. It's okay. like it's it's still pretty bad though. Okay. Okay. This story comes by way of an article, um, a couple articles actually written by Chelsea Reinhard for the San and hello olive and then also an episode of forbidden dying for love what is this yeah. another id channel find yeah, gotta get on it gotta get on gotta it. get on it so um this takes place in san angelo texas november 2008 25 year old mother of two heather okay no with her last name forbidden dying for love 
calls says her last name is Rodri. Okay. But sometimes they change names. And the article written for San Angelo Olive, her name is Heather Feltz. So I'm going to go by Not Forbidden Dying for Love. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So 25-year-old mother of two, Heather Feltz, started working at the Tree of Life Church to support her family. She was described as being like super vivacious and fun, bigger than life personality Mm -hmm. is what they said. Just very fun loving. And she was the girl's basketball coach for Tree of Life Church, which is how she met Matthew Salazar, who was the boys basketball coach for the church. They met through the church, but they had to spend a lot of time together because the big thing at this church was the basketball teams. It's like how it was like okay. their Friday night lights kind okay. of thing, <laughs> like, you know? What? They were like obsessed. They were like, Jesus that. loves to dunk. Jesus loves dunking. <laughs> they had a big tournament every year, and that was like the thing everyone looked forward to all year long. It was like the most important thing in the church was this basketball tournament. Okay. And so they spent a lot of time together, but both Heather and Matt were already married. Heather was married to a man named Rod. He had injured his back and couldn't really work, so Heather was the one that was working to support the family. Okay. And Matt was married to someone, um, they say her name is Cassandra. I can't find her name in any articles. In Forbidden Dying for Love, they refer to her as Cassandra, but again, sometimes they change the names. Okay. So, but Matt says that he married this woman on a rebound, that he never really loved her. What happened was Uh he was married before her to another woman, and he actually ended up catching this woman and his best friend having sex. So he was completely devastated, felt so betrayed. Then they divorced and he was like, I'll never let that happen to me again. So he basically just married like the next woman he met and was like, and I'll make sure this never happens again. I'm not having any friends. Yeah, no friends, Mm. no love, just getting married and, you know, just being a guy at the church. Okay. So even though they both were married, but but they bonded over the basketball. They love sports. They like talking about their children. They both had the same Christian values, Mm -hmm. they said. And Matt was also trying to help Heather network with some of his coworkers because she wanted a better career because she was the person, the breadwinner for the family. So he was trying to help her get her career on track as well. But the church started to notice that they were spending a lot of time together and they were not into it. Yeah. In fact, if you watch the episode, there's, um, there's like one guy from the church just like one guy that like he every time they turn around his head is like peeking out from a corner like hello (laughs) you rang and it's it's pretty funny i just the story is not funny but that's funny yeah okay okay so so it wasn't a good look for the church to Mm -hmm. have these two people in their church that work for them hanging out when they're married the church leader his name is walt landers and Mm -hmm. he was the the big guy of the church and he called them in for a chat and was just like you guys separato Mm -hmm. you know what i mean they're like this is just platonic friendship and you guys need to kind of separate so on january 2009 was the weekend of the big tournament but at this point, both of their marriages were 
struggling. Uh-huh. You know, she was like tired of taking care of this guy right. who was just laying around doing nothing, she said. And then this guy never really loved his wife anyway, he says. That poor lady. I know, this poor lady. And so they left for the tournament and uh, it's called Waxahachie. Mm-hmm. Waxahachie. Do you know it? No. Oh. I just... You usually I'm know all these places. I'm just enjoying you saying that name. <laughs> Waxahachie, Texas. Uh-huh. And both of their teams won. So oh, congrats to the congrats, coaches. basketball. And so they went out to celebrate. While they were out celebrating, a senior pastor from the church noticed them getting too friendly. And he stepped in and, you know, was like, okay, I think the boys team needs to separate, yeah. um, uh, celebrate separately from the girls team. Like, let's stand on different corners of the room. Okay. And so but even though they intervened, Matt and Heather decided to meet up in Matt's hotel room to finish their conversation. You know, yeah, yeah. a big whoop. Just have a and chat. then, of course, they ended up doing it. What? I'm so surprised. They did it. And they knew that what they did was wrong, and they knew that it was a sin in the eyes of the church, but they truly believed that they were meant to be together. Mm-hmm. In February of 2009, their affair was exposed by someone in the church, probably that guy that's always like popping out of corners. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hello. And both of them were let go from their job. And not only that, but they were also kicked out of the church. So Matt ends up leaving his wife, and Heather left her husband, Rod. They ended up still staying together. But they were shunned from the community, and as Matt puts it, we committed a sin, and then we continued to live in sin. Yeah. So they decided to move in together, and they started to build a life together. And he had two kids, and she had two kids. And then so they were all living together as a big family, but they also had no means to support themselves because they were fired from their jobs. Right. And nobody wanted to hire them because they were sinners. Like, the whole church is this town. So... Matt decides that they really need to get married because if they were married, then they would no longer be living in sin. Okay. So they went back to the Tree of Life Church and asked for forgiveness, and then they asked for them to marry them. And the pastor Landers, he makes them take um, marriage counseling courses, and then after they completed that, then he agrees to marry them. Isn't it crazy that people, adult people, let... Other adult, Other adult people, people tell them what to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, I guess you could get married after you finish this court. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. I want you to run around a baseball bat with your head on it and try <laughs> not to get dizzy. If you could stand up without falling over, if you can touch your nose with your fingers, then you can get married. If you can hula hoop better than I can. <laughs> <laughs> then I guess you can get married. So they did get married. And now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden people want to work with them again. And they start to like do well for themselves because Mm -hmm. they're getting hired. They're getting jobs. Heather had a full-time job and she had four kids, which was a lot to deal with. So she eventually needed help. So she decides to hire a nanny, um, a young woman named Starla Heipel. Mm, Mm -hmm. I feel like this... It's not going to go well. We'll see. We'll see. And so Starla and Heather become really close. Mm -hmm. And they would go out together at night, you know, and they would go out and have fun, go drinking and dancing. But they weren't really doing anything wrong. But in the church's eyes, they were like, they thought it was inappropriate. Uh So one night they actually called Matt and to tell him that Heather is, do you know your wife is out right now? And she's dancing? She's dancing. She's dancing. So is this like a footloose? 
kind of yeah that's crazy John Lithgow is pissed. <laughs> and so then Matt freaks out on her when she gets home. And yeah. he's like, well, you're embarrassing. We're supposed to keep an image. You know, we just got back in the church's good right. gracious. And he had been acting really out of sorts for a while because he had what you would call um, a ye old pain pill addiction. Uh, <laughs> and so, Jesus. <laughs> like, you I guys know. should just not be in this church because you do not want to live the church you, lifestyle. You do not. <laughs> so, just fine. He didn't think anything was wrong with it because they were technically legal. Right. You know, um, but dancing, no. So between the pills and he he was like crazy jealous because, you know, of his past experiences. Right. He didn't like her being out. He was acting very irrationally. And um, so they started to have problems. And in November of 2012, Matt actually ends up overdosing on pain pills and ends up in the hospital. And that's when Heather realizes like how badly addicted he is. Yeah. And so she gives him an ultimatum and tells him that he needs to quit taking the pills or she's going to leave him. And she covers for him with the church, you know, like picks up his shifts and acts like, oh, he just hurt himself. You know, he'll be back before you know it. Yeah. And she hides what happens to him because she does not want it to get out that he's addicted to pain pills or they'll get kicked out again. So Heather makes it her mission to keep him clean. And um, so she made sure to keep tabs on him and she even installed the Find My iPhone app on their phones so that she could see where he's at at all times. Okay. Heather decides to take a little break from all the madness and she goes and visits her family on their farm. And while she's there, she runs into an old friend named Bradley Floyd. Mm -hmm. And he's like real nice guy. He's cowboy. Heather grew up around him and she really trusted him. Yeah. He knew Matt also you know but she tells him about matt's addiction Uh, he's like how can i help you what do you need from me i'm your friend i'm here to help you and she just asked him like can you come around and like be better friends with matt keep an eye on him make sure he's not going getting into any trouble brad's like no problem so he comes around and he is way closer to their family now yeah and hanging out a lot Mm -hmm. matt decides that it would be a great idea to set starla up with brad Um, Because he didn't like that Starla was single and he thought it wasn't good for Heather to be hanging out with a single person. And he also didn't like Heather being friends with Brad because he was super jealous. But Heather like just wants to make things work with Matt. You know, she's not interested in Brad at all. And the last thing she wants to get is a divorce because then she'll be shunned from the church again, you know. So the four of them would hang out, but sparks never flew between Starla and Brad. It just didn't work. And so Matt starts acting crazy again. And Heather knows, like, he's back on drugs. She can tell when he's all doped. And so she decides to go stay with her family on the farm to figure out what she's going to do. Like, she needs to, like, reassess. And while she's there, Brad tells Mm -hmm. her, you know, I can make a good life for us. You know, I really love you. And she's just like, no, I just want to make things work with Matt. Yeah. So when she gets home, Starla has concert tickets and wants to take Heather out to a concert to help keep her mind off things. And Heather knew that Matt would never agree to it. She's like, yeah, right. You know, he's never going to go to a concert with you. But Starla was like, let me ask him. For some crazy reason, Matt says yes, which was a huge surprise. Uh So they go to the concert and who shows up at the concert? Brad. Brad. So Brad and Heather were having fun and dancing and letting loose. And Brad decides that he wants to go. He's like, I'm going to go get something to eat. And he invites Heather 
But Starla couldn't go also because she had to leave early because she was going out of town early the next day. But Heather didn't want to just go to dinner with Brad. Right. Heather asked Starla, if Matt asked you, will you say that you were at this dinner also? And Starla's like, yeah, you know, he's not going to ask me, but whatever. Right. So, so then they go out to dinner and then she goes home. And then on August 31st, which is the next morning, Heather leaves the house early and Matt is home with the kids. So Matt texts Heather about getting lunch or something. And she says that she's busy running errands. And he says he thought that that was weird because it was Labor Day weekend. And who runs errands on Labor Day weekend? And I'm like, uh, moms, we run say, errands all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Every has day. a full-time job. I'm running errands right now. Yeah. He uses the Find My iPhone app that she had installed to see where she was, and he sees that she is at Brad's house. Oh, no. Yeah. So he ends up driving over to Brad's house, um, and with a gun in hand, he walked into the house found Heather naked in the bathroom and Floyd was standing, Brad Floyd was standing naked in the hallway. So Matt Salazar shot his wife in the abdomen with the hollow point bullet from a 45 caliber Remington pistol, pistol at close range. And then he fired several shots at Bradley Floyd. Um, and one of the bullets lodged into his forearm. Matt then immediately called 911 and said, I shot two people, I shot my wife and another man. And then Matt also then called Starla and said, sorry to tell you this, but you no longer have any friends. I just shot Heather and Paul and oh hangs my God. up. I know. So fucked up. And at this point, they were still alive. But while waiting for the ambulance, Matt picked Heather up and she died in his arms. But Brad's wounds were not life-threatening, and he did survive. But when they brought Matt in for questioning, he told them everything. And he said that he ran over to see why she was at his house, and then he blacked down and blah, blah, blah. And he he claimed it was a moment of passion. But he took a gun. Exactly. So the the fact that he went over there with a loaded firearm showed his intent. Mm -hmm. And then they also found live ammo on the ground, like the gun had been jamming, and he kept trying to reload it. So the, the police said that if the gun hadn't jammed, he definitely would have killed Brad for sure. Right. And so he ended up being convicted, and he is serving 99 years... And he's eligible, and he's in the Tom Green County Jail. What a oh. weird name, Tom <laughs> Green County Jail. So he's in Tom Green County Jail for 99 years, but he's eligible for parole when he's 62 years old. And Matt is apparently at peace with the verdict. He says he understands that there must be consequences to his conduct, but he's very saddened by the severity of the sentence, is what he says. Okay. That's it. I know. Yeah. It's not good, and it didn't end good. No. And it's sad. It's, real, it's really crazy to watch this episode, too, if you watch it, because he's so, like, there's just something wrong with him like he's like he talks about him and heather like i still remember the day we met and she was so in love with me and i was in love with her and like he has a smile on his face the whole time it's crazy and you killed her i know it's just i know it's really sad and i believe that her mother is now raising um their children their children Mm -hmm. oh that's really sad no sorry story Bum me out. Happy Valentine's, Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> do you I, have a good one? I think I do have a good one. Good. Okay. Hey, Jen. 
Hey, Sally. So today I'm doing the love story, and since it's our big Valentine's Day episode, I'm going to do something that I promised to do in one of our very first episodes. Today I'm going to tell the story of how I met my husband, Ben. Oh, yay! Okay, so... Perfect. Perfect. So it all started with a phone call from who else? Dr. Dudefuck. Dr. Dudefuck. Yeah, so in March of 2002, I was stuck in traffic in Chicago when I got a call from Dr. Dudefuck, who, if you're new to the podcast, is what we call my best friend, Erin. And she told me, she was like, dude, I think I'm going to hike the Appalachian Trail. And so if you don't know, the Appalachian Trail, or AT, is a hiking path that runs about 2,200 miles. It starts in Georgia, and it goes all the way up to Maine. And when Erin said she was going to hike it, she meant she's going to hike the whole thing. So she was going to do a backpacking trip that would take about five months. That's so hard. So we talked about it a little bit, and then she had to go get ready for her job at the time she was working as a nurse's aide in St. Louis. And when we got off the phone, I was still like five miles from my office, which meant another hour in the car. And at the time, I was working for a nonprofit, and I would have to go out to the Chicago suburbs all the time. So I spent like hours in my 86 Honda Civic, and it had no CD player, no air conditioning, the radio barely worked, and I would drive so in and out of you get a boombox the- and you sit in your front seat. That's <laughs> I what did, I did. Yes, I did. I had, I had a little portable speaker that I put to a CD player, but it would be hard because I have to have my windows down because it was so hot, yeah. and then I couldn't hear my little speaker. It was very complicated. Yeah. So, But I was driving back into the city that day, and I thought about Aaron's plans, and I decided, I was like, I'm jealous. I... Longer I sat there, the more jealous I got. And so before I'd even gotten to my office in downtown Chicago, I called Aaron back and I was like, I'm coming with you. And so that was it. Like that, my life changed course. I had like up until that moment, I had been working in a job that I loved, but I knew wasn't a long-term position. There wasn't anywhere to move up. And I wasn't sure what my next move was going to be. But like as soon as I said, I'm coming, my plans fell into place. Because I was like, well, I need to make a plan for after. So... Aaron had been planning to go to med school after the hike. And so I decided, I'm, I'm going to go to law school. I like took the LSAT immediately. I applied wow. to law school. And that was kind of an idea. Up until then, I had only given passing thought to. I also realized very quickly that since I could barely pay my rent each month, as it was on my nonprofit salary, there was no way that I could save enough money to, to hike the trail, which is five months with no working. On by live in living in Chicago, so I decided that when my lease was up in October, I was going to move to Florida, where my boyfriend of three years, his name was Keith, that's where he lived, and I could work rent free, and I could still work at my job, and kind of from home. So wow. So when I got to Florida, Keith and I kind of realized that like living together was not what we thought it was going to be. I felt totally trapped because I was working at the apartment all day by myself. I didn't know another person in Florida and he was overwhelmed because now all of a sudden there's this person in his space and as soon as he got home I'd be like hey can we talk (laughs) yeah so but as time went on we kind of started to figure it out we went to the weddings of a couple of our close friends and we started talking about like maybe that'll be us like we were we met in college and so we had a lot of college friends that were starting to get married and and I was like Yeah, I think so. But like, let's wait until I get back from the trail. Mm -hmm. So Aaron and I started our hike at Springer Mountain, Georgia on February 23rd, 2003. The trees were covered in snow. And that first few weeks of hiking, yeah, it was like freezing. It was so cold. (gasps) Yeah. 
first weeks of hiking were really, really hard. I was totally out of shape. I immediately developed blisters. It was like in the 30s at night and it rained wow. almost every day. We were miserable. And I thought about quitting more times. I mean, I would like all day long be like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit at the end of today. I'm going to quit at the end of today. But Erin was, she's just like a person who's like, she sets her mind to something and there's no looking back. I was just like, well, she's still going, so I'm not going to quit now. You know, like, so I just would keep following her. Like That's I would so never, awesome. yeah, I would have never made it out of Georgia if she hadn't been I know there. so many people that quit after a couple of days or it's crazy like you know you plan this whole hike did like a month of it Mm -hmm. yeah there's like this the first place you can stop once you start is about three days in and it's Mm -hmm. called it's actually really close to where we to where brass town ball where we went hiking Uh uh-huh and it's there's this little center you can use a payphone you can like get hot meal and you can stay there and that is where a third of people quit so it's like these people plan to be out there for six months, months and three days in they're like yeah, this is not, this is not what I thought it was going to be. So it gets, does it get easier? Just like the more used to it you get? Yes, totally. It's like, you know, like you're, you need to condition yourself. You have to condition, like not only you can have to condition your body, but your mind to be like in this mindset of I'm hiking all day, every day. And this is, you know, before smartphones or, I mean, you couldn't even get radio stations. So we would take, we had cassette tapes that we would listen to sometimes, but you are alone with your thoughts and you were doing some really hard physical stuff. You're carrying 40 pounds on your back. You're sleeping every night in like the freezing cold and it's rough. It's rough, yeah. but it's, I mean, it's amazing, but it also is, especially in the beginning, it's really hard. And we got into a routine. Like we would, we would wake up every morning, we'd make our breakfast, we'd pack up our bags, and then we'd hike all day. We'd know where we were going to stop each night. Each night we'd stop at a shelter to cook dinner and sleep. All along the Appalachian Trail, every five to 10 miles, there are shelters where hikers stay. And they're generally like a three-sided wood structure. They're near a water source, so you can always get water for the night or the next day. And along most section of the trail back, like you can, you could like pitch a tent anywhere, but like Aaron and I always stopped at the shelters because this gives us a definite place to stop where we know we're going to, we know how far we're going to hike today. We know we have a place to sit. We can be out of the weather. We can get water. So, so about a week after we started on March 1st, Ben had started his own hike of the AT. So Ben is from Delaware, and but he had been living in Madison, Wisconsin, and he was running a Whole Foods bakery after he graduated from college. And so he and his friend had moved to Wisconsin on a whim. They had put a list of cities in a hat that they thought would be fun to move to. God, that's so wild. Isn't that awesome? They yeah. Actually, their first one they drew was Savannah, but they thought it was too small maybe there wouldn't be enough jobs and so the second place they they drew was madison wisconsin and they just moved wow and his friend actually was running a restaurant and he met his wife his now wife there ben had grown up traveling to national parks with his family and hiking the at had always been his dream And like me, he had a serious relationship back home with a girlfriend. And his plan after hiking the trail was to move to Chicago with her and apply for grad school. And so he walked the first three days with his dad. But then after that, Ben was on his own. Wow. So, okay. So although this is now we're fast forwarding. So it was a rough start. But by May, Aaron and I had made it all the way to New Jersey. And we were seasoned hikers. We were, you know, there was like, we were there. We were like in it. So everyone who hikes has kind of their own plan for how how long they want to hike in a day, 
how how often they want to stop in towns and everyone hikes at different speeds so like sometimes you'll hike for two days or two weeks with people and then you won't ever see them again or sometimes you'll hike a day with somebody and then you'll see them five days down the road we were pretty full speed ahead because we both were going to grad school and so we were like we have to be done by a particular date yeah we can't stop very often so we were kind of ahead of the pack but by may we had this like core group of friends that we were hiking with most of the time and two of those friends um steve and john had told us about this guy they had met earlier on the trail named ben and they told us about his girlfriend they told us about his plan to move to chicago and we found out that he was hiking with another guy that aaron and i had known from the beginning of our hike named mike So in the shelters where we would stay each night and where we'd stop for lunch each afternoon, there were these notebooks for hikers to write in. And so most people who were hiking um, would stop and would write something in a notebook like, here's where we're headed, like this is what happened today. And you would write notes to friends who were behind you. And so we started in these notebooks writing notes to Mike and to Ben, who we'd never met at this point, Uh being like, hey, we heard you were like a couple days behind us. Catch up. We're... Um, we tell them plans, and I started writing to Ben and saying, like, oh, you're going to love Chicago. I just moved from there. And I would joke, hey, when you ca- catch up with us, you and I are going to be best friends. And so I started calling him Best Friend Ben, and then I started calling him BFB. And, which is his Which is um, his initials. Insta- and yeah. it, it's on Instagram. Well, can I give it away? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, on Instagram, he's BF Brooks. Yeah. And I guess I, I just now made that connection. I'm like, oh, he's best friend books. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so he, well, he, so he, one of his, one of the plans I was writing, Mike and Ben, in these registers or these trail notebooks was that the second weekend of May, Aaron and I were going to get off the trail and go to this thing called Trail Days. And Trail Days is like this huge pi- hiker party that takes place every year during the hiking season in Damascus, Virginia. Do you take like peyote and hula hoop? Oh, I'm sure people do. It's like totally, like Ben likes to describe it as a parking lot scene at like a fish concert, which yeah. I, I have never been to. I mean, he was like super into jam bands, but I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't understand that at all. But yeah, so wherever like hikers are on the trail, they will make their way back down to Virginia. Like people who've hiked in the past come and it's just this huge, wow. it's a huge festival with thousands of sweaty hikers taking over this little town. And so Aaron and I had rented a car with another hiker, and we had drove driven down from New Jersey. Did that feel weird to be in a car? After? Yes, and oh my like God. seeing, we basically drove, we drove eighty one. So it was all these towns we had hiked through. It taken us like all these months to hike, and in like six hours, we were <laughs> we had driven wow. it. It was so crazy. Oh wow! So you drove six hours off the trail to go to this thing? Well, we it was maybe even more than that because it was from New Jersey to Virginia. Wow! Yeah. So we drove That's down crazy. and yeah, and Aaron's brother met us there and like we had friends that hitchhiked all the way down <gasps> from like wherever they were and everybody tries to like meet back up because it's like you see people that you've met <sighs> once or I whatever. I can see the payoff being huge. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, but that just seems like such a to hike so far and then get in the car and drive six hours away from what you just did. Yeah, yeah it's a little just, demoralizing. It gives me anxiety. Like, <laughs> like, I didn't even do it. What are you going to do? Um, oh my gosh. So we didn't know at the time, but Ben and Mike were only about 20 miles behind us. And they got off the trail too. They rented a car and they made their way down to trail days. So 
only a few hours after we got to Damascus. So there's like thousands of people there. But Aaron and I are like wandering around this tent village where everybody sets up their tents and their chairs and everybody's drinking and there's drum circles and it's a whole thing. I was like, this is my first drum circle. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And we heard our old friend Mike calling our names. And next to him is this guy. He had like a ton of big curly hair and a bushy beard and these huge green eyes. And he introduces himself as Ben. And I had like pictured him as just this short and kind of dumpy (laughs) guy. I don't know why, but he, I was like, oh, this guy's hot. Like he's, I had like actually described him as my, in my journal, which just shows you how young I was at the time. I was like, he's a chill, cool hottie. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Chill, cool hottie. Chill, cool hottie. (laughs) That's what we're going to call Ben now. (laughs) Um, it was in our wedding vows. (laughs) So I asked him, I was like, oh my God, did you read my, did you get my messages? And he was like, yeah, you know, what's weird is that those are my initials, BFB in real life. My real, my name is Ben Francis Brooks. And I was like, what? And I said, I said to him, I said, well, I guess it's fate. We'll have to become best friends. And then he said, okay, I'm in. And that was our first things we ever said to each other. Oh my God. So that whole night we talked and we drank and we ran around this wild party together. At one point, Aaron and I were somewhere else and I saw Ben and I like sat next to him and I was like, all right, you said we're going to be best friends. Let's be best friends. Tell me about your life. And then, and we talked forever. I told him about Keith, my boyfriend. I told him about going to law school. I asked him about Chicago and his girlfriend. And he told me that about a month earlier, right after he'd ran into our friends, Steve and John, that he and his girlfriend had actually broken up. And um, and now he was like, I'm not sure where I'm going to go after this hike. I don't know if I'm going to go to Chicago anymore. Wow. Probably not. So we, we ended up hanging out with Mike and Ben all weekend. And actually at the end of the two days, we were sitting in this circle with all these hikers and like people we knew and people we had just met. You know, this is before cell phones or I mean we had cell phones but not smartphones but right I took out my disposable camera and I took a picture of Ben like across the way because I was like I don't know if I'm ever gonna see him again such a chill cool hottie I gotta He's get such a, a chill cool hottie I just gonna snuck a picture you know at one point we were very drunk and and Aaron was like you're like leading him on you need to tell him you have a boyfriend and I was like he knows I have a boyfriend he knows I have a boyfriend and then she was like this is, it's not cool, man. And I looked, I turned around, I turned around to Ben and I was like, I gotta go. I was like, you just know, I'm a good girl. (laughs) And he was like, okay. (laughs) So anyway, so we, we hung out with them all weekend, but at the end of the two days, we all went back to the trail and they were still 20 miles behind us, which is like a full day. So that's a hard distance to make up. It actually yeah. took them like another three weeks and three states sure before they caught walk up with a us. Faster. They did actually. So yeah. they were like doing huge days, and we actually stopped in New York City because we were like, catch up with us. We're st- we're stopping. But Mike's brother came up to visit that he had already planned, and so it's just like when somebody who isn't a hiker comes, you have to go much slower. Like, yeah. So, but then they ended up hike thirty six mile days to catch up with us. But they wow. did it. But it took three weeks <gasps> before they caught up. So the night that we were reunited with... Did you think about him all the time over those three weeks? I thought about him a lot. So the weekend that we were at Trail Days, I had talked about how I ran out of this lip balm. Like, it's just like, whatever. I was like, Uh I ran out of my lip balm. I have to buy some at at one of the stores. 
And I see him like crossing the street. He's like, hey, wait up. And then he like comes over and he gives me this little thing of lip balm. He's like, Aww. oh, it's just at the store I saw it. I thought I'd give it to you. And so every time you I put on my lip, lip balm. balm. Yeah. <laughs> but I like I had a boyfriend and I was very serious about I am not going to be a bad girlfriend. I don't know. I felt very you're a good girl. Because I'm a good yeah. girl. And I'm yeah. a good girl. And I have been with Keith for a long time. And I felt very like, even though, yes, I was like, Completely attracted to bad. I thought it was so cute. So whatever. But I I am a loyal. I'm going to be loyal. Like Right. Yeah. So the night that we reunited with Ben and Mike, Ben pulls out this book out of his bag and gave it to me. And on our drunken, drunken night, we had been talking about books. And I was like, oh, I only read garbage. And so he was like, oh, I'm going to find you a decent book to read. And he went to a used bookstore and he had been carrying it around for the last three weeks like just in case he ran into me this Kurt Vonnegut book oh my god so a lot of people question whether or not Ben and I got together before I broke up with Keith long before I had met Ben I had been kind of rethinking my relationship with Keith and Keith it you was don't need a to prove anything to me <laughs> you know, like, no fun. judgment no I mean now in retrospect when you're like oh, you guys have been together for 17 years I think it's probably okay yeah, yeah. but like but Keith was I mean he was this wonderful nice sweet person who I had zero in common with he was a college boyfriend Mm -hmm. and I had talked I've talked about this in the podcast before but like when I told my friend Steve that we were thinking about getting engaged after the trail and he asked me why like only answer was like well we've been together for a long time and he was like that's so dumb yeah that's the dumbest answer ever so and Keith had come out to visit me once um, about a month into the trail and things were like so strained between us and I think being on the trail didn't necessarily make me I would it wasn't didn't change. I didn't have this big change, but it actually helped me see myself more clearly. I had gotten in this college mindset of, I don't know. I mean, I just, just like, go, go, go. Yeah. Well, like, and I was like, okay, well, this is a nice person who wants to be with me. I right. wasn't like, what do I want? I felt on the trail. I was like, I was felt stronger. I felt more capable. I could see finally that like, oh, I don't actually want this life that Keith I felt like he wanted for us like to get married, to have a house, to have kids, all of those things, like live near his family in Indianapolis. Like that's actually why I ended up applying for law school at University of Cincinnati, which is where I ended up going, is because Keith wanted to be near his family. Oh, wow. So like, it wasn't that I didn't want those things. It's just that at 25, I didn't want my my future to be set in stone. Right. You know, I was like, I, I don't mind that. I mean, I have those things now, but I was like, I don't want that to be what I have to have, you know? Right. So in June, Keith met me in New Hampshire for another visit. And actually, the first thing he said to me when he got there was, I think we should break up. Wow. So a few days after Good on that, him for coming all the way there to tell you that, though. Yeah. I mean, it was a, there was a, it was a little back and forth, but I okay. mean, I think he was being a bit dramatic at the time. Oh, I see. You know, just okay. like, I don't, I, I miss you too much. And, but a few days after that, after Keith left, Ben and I kissed for the first time and our whole group had gone into town. I know. <laughs> we were in Vermont and we had gone into town for the night. We'd had drinks and food. And at the time, it, the kiss felt like so romantic uh-huh. and like sexy and exciting. But I was like, I can't believe this is my life. This is my luck. I'm in Vermont. There's this like hot, smart, funny, kind person who thinks that I'm awesome, you know, and we're kissing. And that's how it felt. But like in reality, we were so drunk we were dirty we were doing a lot of sloppy tongue kissing and we were standing in the middle of the street for like 
two hours Aww. just like making out and it became very clear this car comes by and honks its horn at us and is like it's the waiter at the restaurant where we'd been drinking and he was like you guys need to get out of the street and go home oh it was my like god three in the morning honestly that kiss was like it for us we were both smitten Aww. we were both there were no questions there were no games no like will we won't we yeah it was it we were together from that day and that was on june 12th and then that's my birthday is it yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also in Frank's birthday. <laughs> George Bush. Who else? Senior. Um, this guy, Tyler Tioli, that I went to high school with. Oh, Tyler Tioli. <laughs> <laughs> he is like my second favorite June 12th. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a, June, that was your birthday in Fate. And then by the beginning of July, Ben had asked me how I felt about him moving to Cincinnati with me, which is where I was going to be starting law school and in August. And he said, he was like, I just feel like this is something that I need to give a real chance to. Oh. And I was like, are you sure? It made me so nervous, but I just, he is taking this bold step to move somewhere where he knows nobody. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have anything, but he just wants to see if this is going to work. And I would have never done it the other way. Like, I just was not that bold. Well, you did. Well, I mean, I guess you didn't. You knew Keith, but you did move to another city where you didn't know anybody. Oh, right. But I did that for financial reasons. Well, (laughs) (laughs) not for love. But I mean, and not. And I always say that like, oh, I, I wouldn't have done it. And I don't mean because I didn't feel the same way for Ben, but it's just that he was just he was more he was bolder than I was you know he really is cool and chill he's really he's such a cool chill hottie so <laughs> when we finished the trail we summited on July 15th I went to Delaware with him and met his family did you guys finish together we did yeah oh, we all awesome. we finished with Aaron and and our friend Steve and John this cool. other guy um, Mike and Ben and this other guy his name is Turbo so what was it like when you hit the is there like a flag is there, there like is a, this a, is a, a thing big, you touch and you're done? Yes. There. So you climb up the biggest, like this huge mountain. It's a really hard, it's called Katahdin. And at the top, there is this big sign that's like, this is the end. This Did is you this. cry? I don't remember if I, I don't think I cried. I'm like, I'm, oh my God. I'm an inappropriate crier. Like what I can't cry. What are you feeling? Right like uh, six months, five months, six months? It took us a little under five months. On a trail. And yeah. then... And then when you finished, and then you're, what, what then? We're just like, okay, now I just walked down the mountain. Then you walked back down the mountain. Oh and we had actually, a lot of our family and friends had come. To cheer. Oh, that's Yeah, to, and then walked the last part. And they, they got us a cabin. And so we all stayed, and we had a big party. And somebody's parents, I can't remember who got, um, bought lobster and steak so we had like this huge meal and we were all so thin because we've been hiking for forever oh, you bet. could eat like i mean you could eat anything your metabolism is crazy you can't keep enough calories in you to like not lose weight so i mean right. we would just eat just enormous amounts and then as soon as like we were done with the trail we all gained so much weight because <laughs> you're still so hungry but then you can't eat as much but ben's dad came and hiked the last part with him because he oh, had ha- hiked so the cool. beginning and hiked to the end. And so I actually went back to Delaware his dad in his dad's van with Ben and his dad. And wow. we drove there. And I met his mom and his family. And then we drove to Ohio. And he met my family. And then so we both had to end up going back because his stuff was at 
his girlfriend, <gasps> ex-girlfriends and my stuff was in Florida. Aye. So I had to go to Florida, get my stuff. And then we moved into a little more than a month after our first kiss. We moved into a tiny studio apartment wow. together in Ohio. And one year and two apartments later, he proposed to me on Halloween at the summer camp where I had gone as a kid at the spot that I had once told him that I imagined getting married. And then a year and a half after that, just weeks after I graduated from law school in 2006, we got married at that same summer camp. And our friend Steve, who first told me about meeting Ben, he was the officiant. Oh, that's so cool. Aaron was our maid of honor and all of our other hiker friends were there to celebrate. And it's been almost 17 years since we randomly met hiking the AT. And even though like so much has happened in our lives since then, like we've lived in five states, we lived in another country, we've had a kid, we've had some really big wins as a couple and individually, and we've had lots of losses. When I'm with him, I'm back in that Vermont street and I like know how lucky I am to be with. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Like such like a hot, smart, funny, kind person who has become just an incredible father and partner. Oh, jerk off motion. No <laughs> jerk off motion. Valentine's Day. Valentine's oh, I Day. love it. I'm so glad you did this story for this episode because it's so amazing. I love it. Thank you. So great. You guys are so cool and chill. So chill. Cool chill. I love you guys. <laughs> All right. Should we do something dumb and something we love? Yeah, let's do it. It's such a change to go from talking about like your great love story to something <laughs> dumb. Um, but I was just going to say my something dumb is stupid, but my fucking toe is still broken and hurting and it should be healed by now, but it's not. It should be healed by now. And it's not because I don't know how to just let it heal. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have hiked that mountain with you Probably shouldn't have hiked that mountain. Probably shouldn't have done that. (laughs) We, we We get to this mountain and it's snowy and Jen's like, I think she's like, I'm just going to stay in the car while you guys hike up to the top of this mountain. And then all False. Of a sudden, I was just changing my socks so I could hike up the top of that mountain with you. Nope. She's all of a sudden, I see Jen hustling up the mountain. And she is like, nope, I'm going up. Nope. I was like, I feel like this is a mistake, but. It was a mistake. Oh my God. My foot hurt so bad the next day and it still hurts. It and, was a beautiful um, view though. Wasn't it was. It? it was worth it. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, I just need to learn how to sit still so it yeah. can heal. I am an asshole. Um, <laughs> something I love. This is Atlanta specific. So if you live in Atlanta and if you have gluten allergies, or just like to eat gluten-free, or if you have celiac, or if you're vegan, mm-hmm. there is this place in it. So my husband's vegan, and my son is now. My nine-year-old son has decided to be vegan. I did not make tea. him do it. <laughs> he wants to eat a plant-based diet yeah. because of the unethical practices of the meat industry. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love and that kid so much. So I've been pretty much eating vegan just because it's easier at home. But I eat gluten-free and a lot of my family members have celiac. It's shitty. It sucks. But there's a place in Atlanta called Hell Yeah Gluten-Free. Okay. And I mean, I've had gluten-free stuff before. But this place is like fucking gourmet, oh, delicious love it. pastries. They have bagels now. They And they have vegan stuff too. I just bought, last night we ate for dinner, about two trays of these gluten-free vegan stuffed shells. 
And holy so fuck. And I'm very picky about my Italian food. And yeah. they made it perfect. That, like, it's hard to do a very with like, specific the real way stuff. you have to make the ricotta for stuffed shells. And they nailed it. Yeah. Zach loved it. I loved it. The kids loved it. But I mean, holy shit, this place. Follow them on Instagram just for the pictures. Because yeah. it's good food porn. The, I love it. Oh, food porn. <laughs> so good. But if you're in Atlanta or if you're ever around Atlanta... If you're traveling and you're looking for like gluten-free vegan eats, hell yeah, gluten-free. Okay. They did not pay me. They didn't even give me free shells. I didn't even ask for nothing. <laughs> I just want to spread the word because this place is phenomenal. I love it. Okay, so my dumb thing is just, I hope that everybody has like a great week and that if I just, I would hate that Valentine's Day would make anybody feel bad or feel upset and I just want you guys to know the thing that I love is all of our listeners. Yes. I do. I, you know what we did the other day? No, I'm kidding. I love love all of our listeners. I love all of our listeners. The other day we asked you guys to put out some um, ideas for my Sally Fun Challenge. Why are we not talking about the Sally Fun Challenge? And you guys had some great ideas. You also had some ideas that I was like, who's going to come get my kid? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody, I can't remember, somebody was like, get in a bath with like a nice... a nice a book and a candle and I was like I cannot even imagine Max being not in my face doing that it's crazy but I loved that you guys got on board and we'll let you know what I decide to do I haven't have you you haven't chosen one yet I haven't done anything fun yet okay I haven't done anything fun I had a lot of shows this week yeah you you've been busy I've been really busy we went to the mountain house I mean that was really fun that was amazing hiking yeah that was a fun thing yeah that was a fun thing for sure that was definitely something fun and joyful and Ben and I are getting on Valentine's Day we're actually we have our daycare does like a parents night out so we're gonna actually go do something nice yeah so that is that is something I love too so you guys thanks for uh sticking with us and I hope you guys have a wonderful week and uh, follow us on all the things and yeah. email us your stuff. And happy and Valentine's. Happy Valentine's Day. And get out there and do something dumb for love. Dumb, da-dum, dumb, dumb, dumb.